How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Bright Verde Podcast. This is episode 15 already. And in today's episode, we have a very, very special guest joining us. His name is, you know, Tom Webb. Uh, hi, Tom. Good afternoon. How are you? Good. Good to have you. Good to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Of course. So, so as I think a lot of our fan base obviously follows Austin FC, they might already know who you are. But for those of us who might not know who you are, can you describe a little bit about, you know, where you come from, how you came to Austin? What brought me here? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, I, I would start by saying I'm probably not a very, very special guest. I'm probably not even a special guest, but um, <laughs> I'm certainly a guest. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm Tom, Tom Webb, and I am VP of Public Relations and Broadcast for Austin FC. Um, you might be able to tell I'm not originally from Austin. I'm not originally from Texas. Um, so I grew up in the UK. Uh, I came here in 2014. I actually came here for the first time in 2012. Um, I used to work in Formula One motor racing. Um, I worked for an F1 team. We came here to race in 2012 and uh, a buddy of mine from the team uh, and I came here about a week before everybody from Formula One arrived here back for that first Grand Prix wow. and just kind of fell in love with the city. Um, you know, we spent a week hanging out. Um, we went to bars and restaurants and Barton Springs and, you know, just did kind of everything that we we read in the tourist guides. And I thought this is a place I want to come back to. So was lucky enough to get the chance to move here in 2014. Um, and um, now with Austin FC, who I joined in June of last year, um, and very pleased, very privileged, very lucky to be here working for this amazing club in this fantastic city. Wow. Awesome. Um, so you have a quite extensive uh, resume. Um, you've worked uh, in a variety of different sports. Um, so since you've worked with a variety of different athletes and sports, is football your favorite sport? And if not, which one is it? So I grew up supporting Manchester United. Um, it kind of runs through my family. Um, it skipped my dad. My dad couldn't care less about football. Um, what I call football, I think what, you know, a lot of people call football, what here in America I call soccer. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, um, football is the game. Um, I do also, I'm, I'm a mad, passionate lover of motorsport. Um, my dad raced cars um, and having worked in and around motorsport and Formula One for a long time, you know, th those are my two great loves. But, you know, I'm English by birth. So I also like a bunch of sports that nobody knows anything about here in Austin. Um, I love cricket. Um, I'm a very big fan of the England cricket team. Um, I am a mad keen fan of rugby. Um, when England play rugby, um, I am glued to that. Um, and I kind of like old sport. I also have a slightly weird sport, um, which is kind of part of my background as well, which is darts. Um, Never heard of oh, darts. Darts. So a lot of people just think that's a pub game. Um, <laughs> part of the kind of blue collar culture in the UK and, and increasingly in Europe. Um, and it was where I actually, one of my first ever jobs was working in professional darts. Um, wow. Yeah, it's a it's a hardcore environment. It's a rock and roll environment. Um, it's a lot of um, basically kind of guys and men and women uh, who drink a lot of beer and like to shout abuse at players and themselves. Uh, and if you can, I think if you can get through that kind of experience unscathed, um, then you can kind of uh, you're set up for anything. So yeah, um, you know, football is my is my great love alongside motor racing. Wow, that darts one definitely uh, caught me off guard. 
It's a little out there. I, I'll, I'll tell you a short story, actually. Um, so I went to um, a, a good school in England, um, what we in England call a public school, which is the, the opposite of what here is called a public school. So I went to a boarding school in England. Um, and that kind of produces, it looks after you, right? You live in this kind of pretty safe little environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got taken out of that environment and thrown into the world of, yeah, really blue collar, um, hardcore a lot of swearing, a lot of drinking, a lot of kind of people who maybe have slightly dodgy backgrounds. Um, and, you know, and I was kind of thrust into that environment. I remember going to my first ever venue meeting for a darts event. And, and I turned up there and there were a whole load of police cars um, in, in a field over the road from where this venue was. This is in a place called Essex in Britain. And I mm-hmm. said to one of the guys, what's going on? And the guy said, ah, it's all right. Um, they found a dead body. I said, what? And he said, yeah, some guy got shot, probably had it coming. And I said, <laughs> right. Okay. And he said, right. So uh, we'll get on with the meeting. And I was like, and I was thinking, um, these, this guy is talking about like crime in a really kind of like throwaway manner. Uh, so that's what I mean. If you can earn your spurs in that world, then you'll be all right. Wow. Um, that is a fascinating story. Um, so obviously you're into PR broadcasting um how do you go about making a broadcast strategy for example like a football club and in this particular case austin fc like what do you pitch to andy to the to the club when you when you make that strategy for for pr and broadcasting so uh, that's a great question um and it kind of leads to what is austin fc's broadcast plans going to be um mm-hmm. we're very lucky um that we actually have a kind of twofold um approach to this and i and i should say ahead of this that our broadcast is led um very much by andy and he has a very clear direction and an understanding of kind of where he wants us to be and that's a really good process um that he's putting in place but you know mls has some extremely good broadcast deals um not just here in the US but internationally there's a lot of countries tuning into the game here uh, and as the game grows in popularity you know more and more people across the USA and worldwide are tuning in to watch what's going on so you know the kind of nationally televised matches is something we'll be working on with um, closely with, with MLS. Um, in terms of the local um, market we as all the MLS teams do have the opportunity to do local broadcast deals um, and that is something that Andy is leading. Um, it's a great process. Um, we get to speak to all of the broadcasters. Um, and we don't really have any information or news that we can share about that at the moment. But I think what is what is going to happen is um, fans um, of Austin FC, soccer fans, and anybody who wants to support our club, but you know maybe wants to tune in, they're going to have the opportunity to do so um, uh, through a variety of different means here in Austin. And, and we're working through that process at the moment so it's a fascinating process i think the other point to bear in mind is also there's the kind of getting the deals done but then there's also what is that product going to look like on the screen um, and that's a really really exciting creative opportunity for us mm-hmm. um, you know we are um, very firmly putting austin at the heart of everything that we do and we want to make sure that our broadcast product um, represents the city of Austin and the variety and the diversity of the community here. So there's a lot of creative minds going into that as well. Um, as I say, being led by Andy and also being led by our SVP of marketing, James Ruth, who joined us um, a few short months ago. Um, so there's a, it's a good team um, and we're, uh, we're really excited to be part of that process. Awesome. Uh, for me, uh, personally, I'm 
my background is communication studies, and I dived a little bit deep in college when it comes to uh, public relations. Um, so for me, that's just a, a really fascinating um, career. Uh, what is it like for you uh, having that responsibility of being obviously the vice president of PR and broadcast for Austin FC? How does it feel to have that responsibility on your shoulders to lead like a brand new club in MLS? And if you could walk me through like a basic day-to-day of what your day looks like. Sure. Yeah. So I'll, I'll back up a little bit because I think it's worth just giving you some context. So mm-hmm. my career started um, um, back in the 90s. So that was before cell phones. It was before social media. It was really before the internet. Um, Very different time. Very different times, if, if somewhat easier times in many ways, um, but also, you know, maybe not quite as exciting, not quite as fast moving in, in many ways. I still sometimes wonder how on earth did we get stuff done when you couldn't email right. somebody, you know, immediately. But, uh, you know, I, I, I learned how to write. Um, you know, I, I think I was born with a, a bit of a kind of maybe some writing skills. My parents were both, um, my, my father was a journalist, um, amongst other things, and my mother was a PR person as well. She used to work wow. for safe events. So, you know, I kind of maybe have it in the blood. But I was taught the importance of writing well um, and also developing good relationships with journalists. Um, and, you know, if you develop the right relationships with media, um, then you know who to, to send the press releases and the content to at the right time to get the required response, which is press coverage. Mm-hmm. It also means when something goes wrong, you know that you can pick up the phone to people or speak to them in person or email them or text them or a million different ways we can do that nowadays. And you know you're going to be able to have a kind of trusted, open conversation with them. Uh, that means that you can um, kind of do one of the other aspects of PR, which is you know reputation management. So I was kind of skilled in that stuff before social media, um, and 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 then I was with Red Bull really when social media I think started to become much more of a uh, of a kind of core part of the the communications mix. And before public relations, I guess broadened out to this broader description of communications, mm-hmm. which covers multiple different ways of communicating with people. So uh, I think I'm lucky that I had a grounding in, in the, you know, the basics of old school PR. Uh, and I think that is one of the things that stands me in good stead. And um, I would urge anybody who is interested in communications or a career in PR is don't forget that that is the basis of it. You know, write well. If you can write well, you can write long form, short form, social. If you can write well, that is one of the core bits of this. And even in this world of you know multimedia of of memes gifs images video um you know photo, photographs it, all of this stuff is being kind of thrown at us day to day but at the core of it good writing still has an incredibly important place i, I think you just have to look back at what's been going on during coronavirus right. um, and more recently um with some of the social issues here in the u.s to see good writing kind of stands out as being able to describe what's going on efficiently and effectively. So I think I'm lucky that I have those skills. And, and really that's what kind of fuels me day to day is knowing that I can kind of fall back on now over 25 years of experience means that kind of whatever's thrown at us, um, you know, I, I think we're able to cope with it. I think underpinning that is a good plan. Um, and as I mentioned, our SVP of marketing, James Ruth, he's come in and he's introduced a fantastic brand vision for us, um, uh, which is helping kind of guide the way that we go about communicating every single day. Um, and, and I think that that provides the framework to know um, how you go to market with what you're going to write, what you're going to put out, 
both be it in kind of old school media, press releases mm-hmm. and news coverage, or in more modern media um, through social media. So um, I, I think it's kind of a mix of experience, skills, um, having a good plan to work to, and then being able to kind of deliver um, on what is coming at us regularly, whether it's um, sponsor news, whether it's news about the stadium, whether it's good or bad or neutral, um, you know, being able to kind of cope with that stuff. And, and I think that the thing that really drives me every day is such an honor and so much respect for the community that I'm part of. You know, knowing um, how lucky I am to be part of uh, the growth of the first and at the moment only major league team in Austin, I think is an incredible, incredibly um, uh, important um, uh, opportunity that I'm very humbled to have. So, you know, the way I approach my work every day is kind of being thankful for having a job and having such an exciting job um, and bearing in mind that what people want to hear is what we, we need to give them. So that's kind of what fuels me every day. Wow. Um, what is, so you lived in Austin uh, in, a, in, a, in different occasions. Like you said, you were here back in like 2011, 2012. Um, you were here also, I believe, 2014 to 2016. And then you're here again now. Uh, what do you like most about Austin? So there's a, town in England called Brighton which is on the south coast of England. Brighton is a town city that I fell in love with many many years ago. When I was small my dad used to take me down there um, to go and have lunch in this funky little Italian restaurant and because he liked it and there was a men's clothes shop there where he used to buy some clothes so for some reason we used to end up there quite a lot and Brighton is arguably the most diverse accepting creative city in in Great Britain. Um, It has a very big LGBTQ community um, it has a vibrant music scene. It's got a really strong art scene, very strong food scene. And, and, and I just fell in love with that town when I was young. Um, I, when I was in my late teens, um, some friends and I used to go down there to go out in the evenings. And, you know, it's just a place that's always held a really special place in my heart. <clears throat> so when I first came to Austin, almost within the first 24 hours, one of the things that struck me is this place is like Brighton. You know, Brighton is covered in murals. Um, it is, it is you, you can walk into a restaurant and be sitting next to somebody who is in a, you know, the smartest $2,000 suit you've ever seen. And on the other side could be somebody with armfuls of tattoos, you know, wearing a, a Black Angels t-shirt. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the city is accepting of everybody, wherever you're from, whoever you are. And, um, and that's the same as Brighton. So I think the thing that I really kind of fell in love with um, was that, that underpinning thing of, of kind of acceptance and confidence. You know, the city has the exudes this confidence. It's not a, it's not arrogance, you know, it's, and it's, it, it's kind of more based on self-belief. Um, and that's very empowering. That's the kind of philosophical thing, you know, on top of that, obviously there's the food, there's the music, there's the outdoor lifestyle. Um, you know, th- there are so many things about this city that, that make it what it is. But, you know, I, I've been very lucky in my life to, to have traveled extensively. You know, Formula One takes you around the world uh, to 20 different countries every single year. Um, and I've been to some amazing places. I've also been to some terrible places, um, which I probably shouldn't mention. But, uh, you know, when you land somewhere, particularly in a sport like Formula One, where you're in and out quickly, when you land somewhere and you realize um, that this is a special place, there must be something in the water there. And, and I think there is something here. And I don't know, I can't, I can't put my finger exactly what, on what it is. 
But, you know, Austin is one of those cities that you say to anybody in the US and now increasingly you say to a lot of people outside the US, you know, friends back home in the UK, I have friends in Southeast Asia and in Australia and all over the place. And they all know Austin is this cool, funky, vibrant city. And, and they all say, I'd really like to go one day. So I think everybody who lives here, you know, I think we all know how lucky we are to be living in, in this city, um, which, which, yeah, there's something, there's something in the water here. If I could put my finger on it and bottle it, I'd be a trillionaire. <laughs> yeah, there's something special about this place. Um, and I think uh, everyone who is interested in Austin FC, uh, I think we all want to know if there has been any updates in terms of the general season tickets. Do you have so any- as we speak today, I'm afraid I can't give you any more specific news about that. I can tell you. So we are in, um, in mid-June. We're in the kind of early part of June at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, an article was published in the Austin American Statesman last night by Chris Bills, mm-hmm. um, which quoted uh, Andy Lochnane, our club president, talking about how we have concluded premium season memberships. So that means we are going to be moving to general season memberships at some point. I'm afraid I can't tell you that when, because I don't know when. Um, all I know is that we will be moving into that process pretty soon. Um, and we're excited to do so. Awesome. And then last question. This one's just kind of funny. Uh, I think it fits because you're a Man United fan. Uh, Messi or Ronaldo? Oh, Ronaldo. Why? Ronaldo every time. Ronaldo, because he's a Man United legend. You know, <laughs> we we took him out of Sporting Lisbon when he was 17, I think. I mean, Sporting, like, we took him out. Of, the, 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 so I, I did a bit of work for Manchester United back in the day. So mm. I, mean, I don't know a lot about it. But um, I know, from what I understand, you know, and I think that the legends are written, that there was a Champions League game uh, that Man United played against Lisbon. You know, it, it, they came in at half time, And I think Ryan Giggs said to Sir Alex Ferguson, um, we need to get that kid. Uh, mm-hmm. The legend is that, you know, they, he was a complete surprise and that everybody kind of went, yeah, who is he? I think the truth is, and I think this has been pretty extensively reported, that um, Arsenal had been in for him before. Um, I think Man United had kept tabs on him for a long time. United and Lisbon have always had a pretty good relationship. I think Nanny came out of Sporting Lisbon as well. I believe so. Um, uh, uh, and then did Bruno Fernandes come out of Lisbon? Uh, where was he? Yes. As yeah. Well. So, so um, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I remember I wasn't at, at, the, at Old Trafford for that game when he first played. But my, so my hero is George Best. Um, mm-hmm. Georgie Best is, you know, um, one of the great characters in, in English or in British football. Um, mm-hmm. A tragic character in many ways because his his life and his career was cut short by alcoholism. But, you know, he was part of a side in Manchester United in the 60s that was the, you know, the, the, for me, set the bench, the, the, the benchmark, the blueprint for how um, Manchester United football should be played. You know, attacking with flair, um, going at players, you know, getting a complete spectacle. You know, Georgie Best was a small, wiry, very quick player who got, you know, in those days, there were very few, <laughs> few rules about hardcore tackling. Um, and, and, you know, I've watched a lot of videos, a lot of footage of George Best, read a lot about him. And then this kid, Ronaldo, appeared. I think they brought him on as a sub in the second half of the game. And he just danced, you know. I mean, yes, he went down a lot, a lot for the first, you know, first few months. 
but it was you, the whole crowd was on their feet within 30 seconds of him getting the, the ball for the first time. So, you know, I, I know Messi, look, Messi is the better player, right? I mean, I think everybody accepts that. Um, Messi does things with a ball that I, defy physics, defy science. There's a terrific show, um, I think it's on um, Amazon Prime. Um, there's a terrific documentary about him where they actually study the way his head moves in relation to his body when he when he has and doesn't have the ball. And it's a really fascinating kind of look at the way physiologically he, he performs and how it makes him so good. Um, but Ronaldo is a showman, you know. Um, Messi, I, I, Messi's incredible, but, and it, he doesn't have that kind of showman-esque quality that, that Ronaldo does. And, you know, Ronaldo's links to Man United make him Man United fans' favourite. He also... It follows in the tradition of like Eric Cantona. When Cantona joined Man United, you know he used to do this thing where he would pop his collar and he would stand, you know, with two yeah. with hands on his hips, and he would just kind of, you know, chest out, and he would kind of dare the crowd to do anything but, you know, worship him. Yeah. And then I think when Ronaldo perfected, you know, when he started getting that kind of free free kick routine, and he did that, you know, the first time you saw it, and he kind of walked back, he paced back to the, to that point, and then he plants both feet. And he kind of looks at the ball and it was, it was Cantona-esque, you know, that kind of, you know, the, the, the determination in it. So I think, you know, if, if you're picking a fantasy team, you know, and you wanted to win everything, you'd probably go with Messi. I think if you, if you, you know, 1.01% behind that would be Ronaldo in terms of kind of victory and winning opportunities. But in terms of the show, put Ronaldo in every single time. Wow. Oh, also, Ronaldo, Ronaldo's also done it on the international stage. You know, he dragged Portugal to the to to win the European Championship, um, which Messi arguably has never done international stage. Now, you could argue that he doesn't have, he maybe didn't have quite the depth of talent around him. I think Jao Felix and Fernandez were in that port, that Euros winning team with Ronaldo, but you know, Argentina have never been short of great players. So, yeah, for me, Ronaldo gets the nod every time. Well, I think for sure in the international stage, I think Portugal has had a more stable um, process. You know, they've had the same coach for already almost like over four years, five, six years, something like that. Uh, Argentina has had, I think, like four or five coaches in the past four or five years. It's insane. Um, but yeah, I, I think for sure Ronaldo in the international stage has certainly surpassed Messi. I mean, those are just facts. But I agree with with what you said. I think Messi is the overall best player, but Ronaldo definitely gives you that show that showboating that that soccer you know craves. And that's what you know. That's what Manchester United is about. That's why you know under under Mourinho, yes, Man United won trophies, and then it went very badly wrong, as it seems to do every time with Mourinho. But um, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, the passion, you know, that excitement was lost, and then Solskjaer took over. And suddenly the team started attacking again. And mm-hmm. you know, instead of kind of playing the ball sideways and back and, and trying to play out, you know, um, with that kind of defensive mindset. And, and that's what Ronaldo embodied. You know, he embodies run at, the, run at everybody as much as you possibly can. Um, so, yeah, um, that's, he gets my vote. Well, well, thank you so much, Tom. Uh, really, I, I, I appreciate from the bottom of my heart um, you coming into this podcast. Um, and, you know, for everybody, if you want to know more about Austin FC, uh, stay tuned for the Bright Verde podcast. You can follow us on uh, YouTube. We're on social media. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
and everywhere you get your podcast. Thank you, Tom, for this lovely conversation. My pleasure. It's been a really good time. Thank you. I've enjoyed this conversation. Be well. Subscribe and, and like what he does. It's all good. Thanks, guys. See you.